Just a heads up, this episode contains some strong language. Sorry, Dad. My favorite artist, Miranda July, once wrote, All I ever really want to know is how other people are making it through life. Where do they put their body hour by hour and how do they cope inside of it? I just wanted to record this because I realized that I realized, I just realized something. I should do this more often because as soon as I put the tape on, you're a lot happier. Thank you. Thank you for being right. <laughs> Hi, my name is Anna Eastley. I'm a writer, podcaster, and I've always asked this question myself. Where do other people put their bodies hour by hour and how do they do life? I guess what I'm saying is, together, babe, we'll live with the sadness and I'll love you with all the madness in my soul. Whoa. Who the shit said that? Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> all my work up until this point has really been just trying to answer this one question. It's taken me to some slightly weird places, like doing a podcast with my ex-fiance about the death of our relationship. The idea of having sex with you now is very weird. The memory of having sex or the idea of now having sex with me? Both of those, particularly <laughs> the second one. <laughs> or doing another podcast about money. It's amazing how much that conversation about the dollars actually opens up a conversation about a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, how serious are you about your work? How much do you feel valued in what you do. That was really just me trying to find out if I was definitely falling behind everyone else. But look, I'll be straight with you. It's not just curiosity. It's that sometimes I don't know where to put my body, hour by hour, and I don't know how to cope inside my head. I was just having a little, like, 3am ponder you know, about how my my life is ruined. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gentle stroll through the forest of doom. Yeah, it's my favourite thing to do. Well, 3 a.m. is a good time for that. Oh. Oh. I still can't believe that this is what's happening. Sometimes I wake up and I forget. And then I remember. This podcast is about those times that things get so big and urgent in my own head that I don't know whether I can stay alive. And I've been documenting the process of working through these big feelings, of figuring out what it's like to feel so hopeless that you want to die. And now I have years of phone recordings and diary entries from the inside. These recordings form the basis of my new show, this show, No Feeling is Final. Most people probably wouldn't know that there's anything wrong with me. And not that there's anything wrong with me. Probably no one would think that 
Maybe I had a mental illness until now. That just feels silly. <laughs> it's okay to feel silly. To feel that your pain doesn't count, even though it makes you want to die, that is a fucking hard, fucking big thing. In fact, that is the shape of, of suicide so often is, is the feeling that your pain won't end and that your pain doesn't even fucking matter. Usually when we talk about suicide, we say those four magic words. Just ask for help. But I've been there and back and I've found that it's not quite that simple. Turns out the answer is way different to what I thought it would be. No Feeling Is Final is a story in six parts from ABC Audio Studios. Episodes will roll out over two weeks, starting October 1st, 2018. This is a show for anyone who's ever wondered if life is worth living and for anyone trying to better understand their friend, partner or kid who's wrestled with these feelings themselves. No Feeling Is Final is a story of difference, identity and why we should stay alive that will hopefully help you feel less alone as you tackle some of the biggest, scariest things that our brains can think up. Well, yeah, if I make this podcast next time, I can just play the podcast back to myself. Hopefully it has a good ending. I don't think they'd let me put it out if it didn't. (laughs) Hey, so just a heads up, this show touches on some heavy lifting feelings territory, including what it's like to feel so hopeless that you want to die. It's not graphic, it's not that kind of show, but there is some swearing. Sorry, Mum. This is a memoir show, so it's about my experience trying to figure out some big stuff. So, of course, it's only one person's experience. One more thing. It's a show about feelings, so it may bring up some feelings. If it leaves you with a few things rattling around your brain after, you might want to go do something nice for yourself. Like me, right now, I'm at the dog park with my boyfriend's dog. Oh, and if you haven't listened from the very start, go back to F-Zero and start there. Sometimes when I'm having a panic attack, when it's fire town in all my gooey human insides, I think I actually must look really serene. It's been happening a lot lately, most mornings actually, for an hour or two. You wouldn't know from the outside though, because I'll just lie on my back in bed. I'll have my hand on my heart and I'll breathe. I do this sequence of counting and breathing over and over and this sequence is just complicated enough to hold my attention away from the voice. 
I can't, I just sleep. Uh, Have you ever thought about how you never really had a real job? You know, like your parents do. Oh my God. Are you worried about that? What are you doing? Do you think your parents are actually proud of you? Or like pretend proud? Do you remember that awful photo someone took of you five years ago? That's probably on the internet somewhere. And if you ever become successful, someone somewhere will find it and put it on the front of TV weekly. Oh my God, what are you doing? I'm trying to sleep. Oh, I'm sorry, you're trying to sleep. I'll just leave this dossier of potential bad consequences here in your bedside then. Good night. What are you reading? What the voice in my head says. This is my boyfriend and I on one such morning, but this time I'm trying something different. I feel silly. Well, kind of point. <laughs> this isn't you that should feel silly. This is like, we've told your mean voice to like come to the front of the class and read what's on the note. <laughs> my therapist suggested this. Getting the voice out of my head and into the world. He told me I should like spit it out if I have to. I decided writing it down was more sanitary. It says... You've been, been fucking, fucking around, around too much already. already. You don't, don't know, know how to be normal. normal. Fuck, this is so evil. It's really embarrassing. You, you don't know, know what you're doing. doing. You, you made the wrong, wrong decisions. decisions. You, you can't, can't enjoy, enjoy your life, life like other people. people. It's a good one. You've, You've always been, been a bit of a mess. mess. Lovely. You're, you're too, too far, far behind already. already. You've, You've been, been wasting your time. time. You, you don't, don't know what you're doing. doing. Even if it gets better now, it's just going to get worse and more. That was a real punch in the guts. You'll always come back here and every time will be worse. I sound bored, don't I? Oh, there's a lot more. About how I'm not a good sister or daughter or person or how I'm not cut out for the workforce. There's a lot of stuff about the workforce. I sound bored because... I am bored. I've been dealing with this voice for 15 years, but I'm also just plain embarrassed. I hate admitting to these thoughts and how much of a grip they have on me for good reason. This is so out of touch with reality. I mean, the mean voice is really talkback radio. (laughs) You've got Fox News in your head. (laughs) And the voice doesn't just visit in the mornings. Um, so I got offered another job today. Huh. She did. Ah. So Graham got offered another job. I think that might be the second time this week. Huh? Maybe you're really just not cut out for this. Are you listening to me? Oh, God. I wasn't listening. Oh, I'm such a piece of shit. No. <laughs> I was in my brain shame cave. Oh, dear. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Maybe you have a mean voice of your own. You know, that voice that tells you you shouldn't have eaten that ice cream or you're an asshole for running late to that meeting again. For me, most of the time, it's just kind of there in the background. It's like having a really yappy little dog that can talk and follow you everywhere and call you an asshole. Hey! You're an asshole. You're an asshole. You're an asshole. You're an asshole. You're a fucking asshole. You're an asshole. You're an asshole. 
I reckon it's kind of good to have a voice in your head that asks if you're being an asshole. It's a good way to avoid, you know, being an asshole. I think they call it a moral compass. But sometimes the voice is just calling me an asshole because it can, because it knows I'll believe what it says. The voice is a car crash that lives permanently inside my head. And I am a rubbernecking onlooker, pretending to be walking to work, but really just wanting to get close enough that I can see how bad it really is. As if knowing more will help me to avoid my own car crash. And this is really how an inane critical voice in your head can become an overwhelming force of doom. The voice kind of goes into overdrive, imagining all these car crash scenarios and insisting on thorough, proper investigation of all of them. The problem really is that holding a magnifying glass up to the potential car crash of your life can leave you with this flailing, disproportionate sense of reality. Just like how media sometimes puts awful ideologies on moral par with reasonable ones in the name of balanced debate, this voice takes charge on the back of much of the same arguments that allow neo-Nazis to end up on mainstream talk shows. Rat race got you down? Shouldn't we at least listen to what they're saying? Understanding is the first step to peace, right? What do they say? Keep your friends close and that asshole dog inside your head closer? But who am I to judge? I've spent 15 years giving equal seating to a voice that seems to think that constant ridicule is a great motivational tactic. And Graham's right. Sometimes the voice really is out of touch with reality. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, even on stage playing a song at a fancy writers' festival. So please join me and let's get our clapping into formation to welcome to the stage Honor Eastley. Yes? Oh, cool. Hey, I'm just going to say a few words and then I'm going to play something. So- the voice is still there. Um, Way to not do a sound check. Oh my God. Now there's a shitty static sound shitty coming through your guitar lead. Thank you. All right. In my bio, it says I'm a professional feeler of feelings. But I don't really I think like the voice is like Fox News. Totally because I don't watch Fox News. I think it's something else. Sometimes... I think the voice is more like Beyonce. But like if Beyonce was really, really mean. And I have to hand it to the voice. Just like a world-class entertainer, it really knows how to elicit a response. If this voice is Beyonce, then my body is a 100,000 screaming fans saying... Whatever you say, Beyonce. Oh, you think I'm a piece of shit. Oh, you're so right, babe. I love you forever. Just like the real Beyonce, the voice is designed to be captivating, mesmerizing, impossible to look away from. Even if it gets better now, it's just going to get worse overall. Over the years, I've been asked by a number of different therapists where the voice came from. I've never really been able to give them a conclusive answer, 
but I know it's been there for a long time. We found the tape. Gray and I are at my parents' house. We're digging through boxes in my old room that's now really a, just a glorified storage space, looking for what is my yeah, earliest memory of the voice. Uh, what have we got here? Put yourself in the picture. Fall down the side of the Titanic, escape from past and future worlds, or ride a virtual 3D roller coaster. These are just some of the thrills you can have on video forever when you experience the movie magic of special effects, new secrets behind the screen. Something I like about the phrase, on video forever, given how hard we have to look for this, and now have to look for the technology to play it. <laughs> they weren't as future-focused as they thought they were. Back in the 90s, my family went to this place called ScienceWorks. It was kind of like a theme park, but everything was science-related. We went there a lot as kids. My memories from it are this hazy concoction of reality and things that I'm sure a child invented fiction. An old-style train out in the cafeteria, a contraption filled with ever-flowing honey, Morgan Freeman over the loudspeakers, you know those fake real kid memories. On one particular trip, they had this exhibition where you could videotape yourself in front of green screens in all manner of precarious situations. Falling off a cliff, escaping from lava, inside a stranger's fridge. But apparently the one most seared in my mind was perhaps the least death-defying. Singing karaoke with my family, while green screen ghost images of our silhouettes shadowed each of us. At the end of the day, you got a VHS tape. This VHS tape that 21 years later, I now hold in my hand. Did I watch this tape a lot as a kid? You kids could have got up to anything (laughs) in there. But this one, I have like seared into my brain the rock band bit where like, on a green screen, karaokeing to a song. And I was just doing a pretty normal, shy kid thing. And I, I don't know if you remember, I was like, I don't want to be involved. Do you remember? No. Okay. Yes. It's like the first thing that I remember, like, seeing of myself and really regretting a lot. Oh. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like an unreasonable amount. Mm. Yeah, of, like, replaying and being like, you should have been less shy... You should have been more performative. Yeah. Mm. Yes, you regretted the um, not perhaps getting getting more involved into it. Well, I think Amy's in the, as I remember it, Amy's out in the front of the video and she's all like, I don't know, she has a ponytail and is pretending to sing. But I'm all just like very shy and in the background. But you were a bit shy and in the background, even at ballet. Was I? Yeah. I thought I was rambunctious. <laughs> no? You were a little bit hesitant when you were probably that age, whatever the age that was. Yeah, I was going to say, how old would I be? Like yeah. eight? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe even younger. And that is my earliest memory of the voice. I don't even entirely remember what the voice was saying. Here's your time to shine, and yep, yep. you blew it. I just remember replaying this video in my head at night over and over again. Didn't I hear you want to be a famous singer? 
cute twin triple threats like the Olsen twins, but you can't even perform karaoke. The voice berating me for my shyness, for my missed opportunity for family karaoke, for being plain, unspectacular, unremarkable, for being a kid, really. I was, like, trying to think of when was the first time that I was, like, I can remember being an anxious little petal. And that's the first one, is that video. I don't know how many times I must have watched it, or if I did watch it at all. (laughs) But it's seared in in my brain of, like, Mm. the first moment of searing rumination. And they do stay there for all your life. What? <laughs> Mom, I thought it would go away. No, 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 no. Are you saying that I might regret this for the rest of my life, Mum? We all have those thoughts, the sticky memories of what we've done wrong, the feeling of dread. But I think my mum's voice must be really tame in comparison to mine. She knows what happens to me when the voice gets really loud. Are you ready? I don't know what the song's gonna be this time. I never do. It's a song, it's a song about Graham. He's maybe. So I'm sitting on my bed. <laughs> I've got my eyes closed. I've got my hands over my ears. I'm singing a stupid song that I'm making up on the spot. Or maybe it's a great song. I can't tell. I've got my hands over my ears. Right now, Grey is fetching my nightly sleeping pill. At the moment, we do this every night so that I can't see or hear where he keeps them. (laughs) Tap, tap, tap. You can stop now. Mum says he's a keeper. Right now, for practical reasons, he is, in fact, the keeper of all the medications I'm currently taking. Why is Graham hiding my medication? Well, you know that voice that I'm so prone to rub a neck over? Sometimes I fly too close to the sun on that one. I stare too closely at that repeating gif of how I'm an asshole, a fuck-up, whatever else bad, (sighs) until I'm not merely observing the car crash, but I'm actually inside of it thinking that my only way out of it is my own death. That's when shit gets real. That's when I start to hide drugs from myself because I'm afraid that if I don't, I might die. (laughs) You see, it's more than just panic attacks. I don't want to be on 
Hello, Fedor. For a really fucking long time. I just want to get off. I'm so fucking tired. I just, I just don't want to deal with this shit anymore. I don't want to keep coming back here. Oh, fuck. I'm doing all the right things. The voice makes me feel like I want to die. probably won't do it while I'm at work. Do you want me to drop you off and pick you up? <laughs> if you drop me off, that would be handy. I'll see how I go. Do I need to worry? No. Understand that it's okay if I need to worry. I'm not gonna kill myself. Yeah, I'm worried about that half a bit. I'm just calling. I'm just calling. I can recognize that. Certain corners of the media these days are really designed to sell fear in order to sell ad space. I can also recognize that the voice in my brain is promoting an incredibly captivating form of fear, my own fear, back to me so that it can purchase more real estate in my mind. But the voice isn't me. It's just telling a story. The story is that I'm a fuck-up or that I've ruined my life. It just happens to be a really, really captivating story. More than once, this voice has driven me close to dying. But on good days, I can hold her at arm's length. I can hold her just there for as long as I need to and just breathe. Mm. 
the man is finally awake. Mm. Suddenly I've got you and Bodhi trying to wake me up. Yeah. What's happening? I've just been uh, in an existential black hole for three hours. Oh, sweetie. Yeah. I'm very sweaty. Shall we take him to the big park? Yeah, we'll drive him. It's happening. <laughs> These days I feel like you're taking me to the park <laughs> as much as you're taking Bobby to the park. It works. this show brought up some stuff for you that you'd like to talk about we've listed some places you can contact as well as a whole bunch of resources and further reading in the show notes and on the website just search for no feeling is final podcast online or you can call lifeline their number in australia is 13 11 14 and someone is there 24 hours a day my preference these days, I find, is online chat services because I'm still a millennial at heart, and so I hate phone calls. <laughs> and maybe you have a thing you do when you're feeling kind of wobbly. You might want to go do that thing. Me, 
I'm at the dog park with my boyfriend, Dog. Hopefully he'll come back to me. Bonnie! Bonnie! Yeah, he's never coming back.